while and listen. It's episode 103, published date, Friday the 14th. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we were so close. We were so close to evil, but not Better luck next time. Better luck next time, It's fun. I mean, look, you know, after 100 episodes, I'm pretty sure that we're going to eventually be like, oh, today's Friday the 13th. Yeah, we're going to get there. Yeah, we're going to get there. If only there was a way to figure out when we'd get there, but there isn't, so... I guess we'll never know. Uh, my name is Matt Silverman, joined as always by professional esport Colette Bennett. How are you? Oh God. Professional esport. <laughs> when I was writing that book, by the way, well, first, I'm good. Thank you for asking. And second, <laughs> when I was writing that book, I was like, if any real esports player reads this, they're probably going to be like, what the fuck does this girl think she's writing? No, I don't know. I don't know. It feels right to me. <laughs> well, that's a We're great We're about compliment. halfway through. Yeah, That's a great compliment. It, Thank you so much. What do they much. call it in literature? V- verisimilitude. I learned that word in college. I know that word, but I don't remember the meaning. It's just a general f- idea that like, oh, this feels r- realistic or lived in. So like even a fantasy novel can have verisimilitude. But if I wrote, if I was writing a book about 18th century France and I obviously didn't live there, but I did so much research that it really felt like the place... It would have verisimilitude. Got it. Okay, that's cool. I actually really like that. I'm going to put that in my in, Were you an English little, major? I liked... What's that? Sorry, were you an English major as I was? Uh, yeah, I was actually. But um, uh, there are still a lot of words that I don't know. And fun fact, I get this little email (laughs) every day because I'm a person like all of us. Um, I get this email every day that'll be like word of the day. I don't know if Webster sends it or if somebody else does, but I always enjoy it because, you know, it tends to choose stuff that maybe isn't in your, you know, lexicon already. Oh, sure. And so I will write those down in my planner and kind of like look at them over the course of the week. So I remember like, oh, I learned this word. Yeah. Um, And so I will add that one to my my little my little planner thing this uh today yeah i i find these things fun but i mean i would because i'm a writer and i'm nerdy about words so if there's one thing this podcast can do for everyone it's uh introduce dumb college words to you that you'll never (laughs) use but in fact we are not here to talk about words though we will be saying some words two or three at least i think undoubtedly Uh, undoubtedly um, we're here to talk about video games, uh, not specifically what we are playing right now, but what we have played in the past. So why don't yes, you tell these fine games people of yield persuasion uh, <laughs> of your, of your, <laughs> I love it. Tell the fine folks what we're talking about today. So today um, we have an episode that was an excellent idea from Matt that I immediately got so excited about the minute he told me the idea, which is weird ass video games we rented from Blockbuster or in my case, Blockbuster and also Performance Hobby, which was the tiny little hobby store up the street (laughs) that I have told everyone about on this podcast in the past. So mine has a plus one. But yes, um, I am soups excited because... As I think I have said, but I will quickly say it again, 
when I was probably, I don't know, nine, 10, between like nine and like, like preteen years, tween as they call it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I would often after school, you know, do my homework. And then my grandmother would be like, here's a $5 bill, yeah. march down the street to performance hobby. And I could rent two games for $5. <laughs> I remember exactly the cases they came in. They were yep. NES games, so they were little square plastic colored cases. And I would take my two little cases and march back down the street and play my games for the next three days. And it was just, I remember this so fondly and full of love even today. Like, what a nice experience that was. How cute it was that my grandmother was like, here's your $5. I love that. It was it's so like- cute. You know, it's it's the equivalent of grandma giving you money for for candy or you right. know whatever that whatever that treat is. Right. But yeah, but that was the thing. And then, as I've also said on this podcast, you know, then I might get really excited about some game and tell her about it. And she would actually listen with interest. And like That's to this grandma. day, when I think of my grandmother, rest in peace, I think of how she quite literally was very either feigning or or actually genuinely interested about what was happening to link and link of the past nice. so thank you mama we'll remember you forever amazing um something piqued my interest that you just said which was video stores would put the cartridges in little plastic boxes so that they could be transported or whatever um I I am remember I'm remembering or misremembering like okay you'd go to the shelf and the boxes would be there you would see box correct art, correct but then when you go to get the game they would put it in a in a plastic case and you would not be taking the box home so no. is that no, accurate is that was that your experience for, yes same okay. the the boxes were there for display and then yes the the in in my blockbuster and in performance hobby there was like a plastic square box um and that's where you would yeah stick your stuff so because you know seeing what? that box art is critical to the experience right. for better or worse because you're like oh this one oh look you look turning it over to see screenshots whatever and then you get the game home and it's like nothing it has nothing to do with what's on the cover of the of the box <laughs> F- fun side fact just something i'm remembering do you ever i don't know if you ever also went to toys r us for for us it was like that didn't happen very often but like if we went to toys r us you would go in there area and instead of doing it like that they had like like a wall full of these like plastic things that it was like a flat plastic that had like an insert of the game in it and i'll never forget that they were Mm. attached to the wall so you would have to flip it up to look at it but of course it was upside down Uh. (laughs) and so i would often be found in the aisle with it flipped up tilting my head your head your uh, your head is upside down yeah that's funny i don't know if you ever had that experience or not if it was just (sighs) me (laughs) that's a really interesting my vague memories of toy stores we obviously toys r us and then we had kb toys here in new york okay Mm -hmm. i didn't know if that was regional or not um and all the games were behind the counter they they were on they were I guess because right. they were expensive so they oh were oh my god were I forgot about that where you would go to the cashier and you'd be squinting and being like oh that one looks cool can I see that one you know and and that was the way I mean there must have been other displays and and probably demo stations where you could play games or mm. you know and and probably end caps where they had um you know marketing art or whatever but, but it was the all actual locked games up. were locked up yeah yeah yeah, yeah it was wow. 
oh, I'm already enjoying this conversation and we haven't even mentioned a game yet. <laughs> well, let's remedy that uh, by starting our conversation about video games. Now, the origin of this idea as we were, you and I were kind of fleshing it out is like, well, I'll speak for myself. My memory is a patchwork of games that I spent a thousand hours playing and loved and and immersed myself in and then a bunch of like random bits and pieces of things that I remember vividly mm-hmm. but never mm-hmm. finished never went all the way through and and then when I randomly encounter the music or a screenshot or a YouTube video it's a sudden like Whoa, wow, I remember that, but I don't remember what it's called or what it exactly yep. how you play it. Yep. And that ephemeral concept was the the seed for this conversation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I love that. That happens to me too. Um I particularly love when it's something where I swear I have no mem- zero memory of that right. thing. If I said the title of a game, music- right, you'd be like you would nothing. you'd be like I never played that. Yep. But then, like, yeah, it's just, it's just so good. So we so asked good. you, uh, our dear listeners in the Discord, if you're listening and you're not in that Discord, come on in. We 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 would love to have you there. We asked you what yours were uh, in this beautiful uh, specific category, uh, and we had some great responses that I think we're going to kind of poke at as we go here. Uh, Pedro Cortez uh, says, "Mr. Mosquito." Mr. Mosquito. Such a bizarre game. A totally uh, bizarre you, game. You're aware. You said you were aware of this. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I was. So, um, Mr. Mosquito, as I recall, I think was a PlayStation One game. Let me just type in and make sure that I'm correct about that. Oh no, it was PlayStation Two. How about that? Um, yeah. So the goal of the game is you're clearly a mosquito. Um, and the goal of the game is to stock up on blood through the summer so you will survive the winter ahead. Um, so you pretty much just fly around the house. Um, you live with a Japanese family and you just fly around the house and try to suck blood out of them. Right. Okay. What I'm looking at video now and Pedro was saying it's got, it's got Katamari vibes yeah. in its weirdness and it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's a pretty cool 3D flight situation totally. from what i'm seeing did That's you see the screenshot where the girl's in the bathtub and you're like trying to like go in and like like suck blood out of her like naked boob oh no that I'm, i will be uh googling that i'm seeing a man in a steam room you know yeah. stuff things like that i'm just kind of scrubbing through the youtube video here but uh yeah this is yeah this P- is great ps2 weirdness um <laughs> for sure and I have such a soft spot for this kind of weirdness. And the reason I think I do is actually because of the NES games. Because, as I've said on the show before, to me, there were so many fabulously weird Super Nintendo games. And then I feel like, you know, we got further into, you know, more advanced consoles. And the more advanced they got, the more games I feel like kind of got a little more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, like Katamari was like such a great example of the weirdness I loved in like a more modern, like later gen game. Right. And then I remember the, I think it was, 
not the Game Boy, but it was maybe like the the DSi or the DS Lite or something like that. And that library got really weird. Got and back I was to like, its oh, weirdness. Yeah. I was like, this is great. Like, it's getting weird. Like the NES. Like, and I was all excited. I thought it was so cool, you know, that that was there. And now I feel like because the game world is so different and so people right. can like make whatever and put it on Steam or even get it on, you know, the Switch store or whatever, there's like weird games are back and i just i i live for this shit they're back <laughs> if you want them yeah because right. i think no i think you nailed it that, right it, i think it had to do with marketing and ga- quote unquote gamer culture which was tied to fidelity of like we can make guns look so real so now everything is like realistic shoot them shoot the aliens world war ii everything was not everything but like the 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 the, the there was this big push toward quote-unquote photorealism that that right. made it it's like what if games were movies and then you, right. and then that right. was like the whole mark the whole triple a marketing mainstream moved seemed to move away from quirk quirkiness uh Right, right, exactly. Like, I think there was something about NES. I think, I don't know what exactly it is. The limitations. Just, yeah, maybe it is the limitations. Miyamoto, when they're designing uh, Mario for Donkey Kong or, or NES, it's like, well, we've only got six pixels and you got to make the, you got to make the body blue and the, and the head, whatever, because otherwise it doesn't look like anything. It doesn't right. look like a man. Like no, no, Mario no, has totally. overalls be, and he's a plumber because that's what looked good on an 8-bit system like that. Right, great. right. No, totally. I I get that. And I think, but there were just some games that I don't know, man, like I just felt like some of these games just took just crazy chances. Like, you know, uh, Mr. Mosquito is a Japanese game. And like, I feel like if there's one thing Sony, by the way, I was looking looking it up being like, oh, "Oh, who made this some weird developer? Nope. Sony Sony. Computer Entertainment in Japan is the creator. No, they they let some real weird shit through, which like I'm so about like, so I noticed in in our thread in the discord that you mentioned Battle of Olympus, which I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that 100%. (laughs) Greek mythology, like that was so cool. And yes, it was just I mean, it literally looked like they even used the exact same skin as like, I don't even know how they didn't get sued by Nintendo for that, no, actually. It's a, it's a Zelda 2 complete, complete rip off. It's, it's almost identical in all its mechanics, but with a with a Greek mythology uh, spin on it, I guess. Yeah, And it, it works. It's just, it's too, that one, I think I must have rented. But then again, I felt like I rented every NES game ever made at right. one point like i really right. do so i'm like i was like ooh, i wonder if anyone's gonna bring up anything that i don't know because i feel like i know so many of it's funny because we have said multiple times of like oh we just played the one game we owned over and over until yeah. we be- but but actually no if you were had the privilege of of having a little bit of cash every week like you said you right. could dip into games for a weekend at a time and then never come back to them the way we play steam demos and buy games on sale and never play them again like i don't know yeah yeah is it so different no yeah it was it was i i as an adult i look back on it with just yeah like big fondness because i'm just like wow (laughs) like thanks grandma you really you really wanted me to have a lot of fun that summer and uh or all those summers i should say and and she certainly did so 
Um, but to go back to the Discord for a minute and see what other people mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Docky talked about Commodore 64 games and mentioned one that I've never heard of. Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap, was left with a page filled with passcodes. I was very young and didn't realize what passcodes were. Each seemed to transform the game completely with a different playable character and location. It was magical. I was like, ooh, I don't think I've ever heard of Wonder Boy 3. Ever. This, <clears throat> this is a. It's published by Sega okay. in 1989. Hold on, I'm going to the Wikipedia as well. Yeah, it's a Sega game for the Master System uh, and I guess Game Gear. So this was not. Yeah, this was all right. So this is Master System. Yeah, I mean, it's a platformer. It, it's a. It's cute. It's like a, I guess it's like a. You're a little dragon and. Uh, you're fighting bad guys, but huh. it's a it's or, or you're, it looks like you can play as a dragon and a and a knight. It's cute. Wow, so cool. Okay, so it's awesome. got all the trappings of uh, Wonder not Boy. Sonic, but you know, there's underwater levels here and stuff. I wonder Actually, if the graphics look pretty pretty great for their time. They're, they they so have a, a lot of detail. So that means that they're okay. Wait, I think this is coming back a little bit to me because I remember that Wonder Boy was a Sega thing. I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he okay, yeah, Wonder Boy Three: The Dragon's Trap. So I think maybe I played. Did I play any of these adventure? Let's see, Adventure Island, Wonder Boy. Nine, the first Wonder Boy was nineteen eighty six, but that looks like maybe that was a. Okay, originally for arcades and then ported okay, to arcade the Master System, the Game mm -hmm. Gear. Okay, I didn't own any of those. So I think nope, maybe I was like peripherally aware of these from video game magazines or something. I remember like, you know, obviously at the time you kind of had to make a choice between like Nintendo and Sega. Yeah. But Which, even here, this is like, this is an entire franchise that never quite made the leap to the big mainstream tentpole systems which i would say were you know obviously nes and then uh, uh genesis and snes meaning huh. i'm looking i'm looking at the series and it's arcade and it's M master system and game game gear and turbo graphics and then remakes and ports to like Wii virtual console and mobile and stuff but that we're not we're not counting that of course so meaning if you if you just owned Nintendo or Genesis, as as most of us, many of us did. I never, I've never seen a Master System in person. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This entire franchise is almost like it's lost to the mainstream generation. I'm right. Perceiving. No, totally. Like if you just so happen to have a Sega or a Master System at that time, yeah. Like it, which you know, I feel like less of us maybe had that experience. Mm -hmm. Also. I'm looking at the screenshots of the original Wonder Boy, and is it me or is it literally just a reskinned Adventure Island? Because that's all I'm seeing. I it has it has Adventure Island vibes. I, I okay, hold on. No, look seriously, like like not the third one, but if you look at the first yeah. one, you're like so Adventure Island. <laughs> we should. Oh my god, yeah, you're. Oh my god, it totally is. Right? right. I'm like okay. I mean, it looks recreated, obviously. Like I think you're seeing like the Master Systems like style and op you know graphical options are different but i mean yeah it's adventure Island. Boy. wow that's yeah. so funny like people were just like straight ripping off like yeah, absolutely yep. <laughs> there were no rules there were no rules back then i love it this is I great uh thank you Docky, because um i don't know this was sort of a, this was a franchise that was not 
known not not known in detail to me uh personally so this is this is fascinating yeah see this is why this is such a cool conversation in general because i feel like inevitably everyone had different memories everyone had different settings depending on what age you are so like yeah you'll just see stuff and you'll be like wait what like okay i never saw that one um yeah like honey bro mentions chameleon twist on the nintendo 64 i was like (laughs) never saw that never heard never heard of this yeah but that was a different era for me so you know i mean my grandma was very much alive but at the time she was definitely not here's five dollars go rent a game because i think by the time the 64 came out i was probably i don't know maybe in my late teens or early 20s when did the nintendo 64 come out i gotta look curiosity i'm looking at gameplay 1996 Okay. Nintendo, uh, excuse me, a chameleon twist. And this very much is um, Super Mario 64, mm-hmm. but with a chameleon protagonist, mm-hmm. boss fights, oh, 3D man, platforming. Oh, man, totally missed the opportunity to say, but with a chameleon twist. Oh. <laughs> that Thank really you for does deserve that. the K-pop horn. <laughs> This looks, I mean, this looks like some silly fun if you like uh, 3D platforms. Oh, oh, you can, you, you use your tongue to, yeah. I guess, yeah. whip enemies or swallow grab them. Grab things, so grab coins, grab things. probably all that. Sure. Yeah. No, so never saw this. a little bit of a Kirby-ish kind of right. vibe going on here. I love it. Yeah. No, definitely never saw this, though. I love it. I love it. Yet yet another uh, experience of, of never seen that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is weird, but not like as weird as say like Mr. Mosquito. It's still weird, but it's it's more traditional. Mr. Mosquito is like is, is it's like pure hey, Japan. It's PSP right. It's pure Japan. <laughs> um, Sky, friend of the show and occasional co-host of this very show, says uh, this one I loved and I never hear <gasps> it talked about. Haunt. Uh, it's called Haunting, starring Polter Guy on Genesis and or Mega Drive. Where you play as Polter Guy, who is tasked with spooking a family out of their home, you can possess furniture, decor, toys, walls, etc., which is a fantastic premise and something that is now part of modern multiplayer horror games where like right. you are the ghost hunters and we're the ghosts and you we're hiding in the mansion and then you can kind of possess the candlestick and you know spook the player, whatever. Right. Cool. I, I like think that. starring Poltergeist is like, like, yeah, Genesis Mega Drive. I'm like, this is like someone thought of this many, many, many years ago. Have and it's you got heard a great look to it. No, never. Okay. Never. Um, but I'm looking at pictures now and I'm like, wow, like, I love the look. Yep. Like, I think I would have probably like absolutely loved this if I had known about it back in the day. This is, I'm watching some gameplay. And yeah, you're just, you're hopping in and out of furniture and, Okay, right. So you hop into like a cabinet and like a glass cabinet and then you, I guess you possess it and then you hop out and then the cabinet fills with blood and the guy you're spooking gets freaked out and he like, his clothes fly off because he's, it's like, he's a kind of cartoon like, whoa, you know, um, this is great premise. Yeah, it really Where are is. these games? Like you said. Come on. Lost to time. Bring back the weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Sky also mentioned Gregory Horror Show, which I kind of sort of remember hearing that talked about, 
but I don't, I, I never played this one. Um, let's see. This was Gregory horror show. Like what was that also? CGI television series. Ja okay. A Japanese CGI animation, anime television series. So there was that, but then there was also a video game called Gregory horror show soul collector in Japan, a mystery survival horror game. Oh, I love that sky was in, was looking at survival horror all the way back then. E exactly. Yep. So this was PS two. Okay. And it looks like, Players must navigate a hotel retrieving bottled souls with the which the hotel guests have been carrying. And then it looks like you have to like spy on guests to like steal the souls back. Okay. I kind of want to see like footage of this. Mm -hmm. But this looks totally fascinating. And I remember I remember like I didn't play it, but someone adjacent to me was like, oh, yeah, this is a wild game. Okay, okay, right. That's I mean, my that's, only memory. <clears throat> that's the other layer of this whole conversation is like, who, what friends did you have and what systems did they have and what games did they own or rent? And that those were, there were, I had a friend who, um, he was not an only child, but his sibling was much older. So when we were growing up, it was just him in the house. And uh, not, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't, I don't want to make a judgment about whether kids are spoiled or not. Cause that's not fair. It was more like, Hey, we were very lucky to have an NES and that's the game console we had. And then you, my friend had every game console, even like yes. Sega CD and sort of yep. the, the random inter intergenerational consoles that we're looking back were not as successful as the mainstream consoles, but he had all of them. So I would, I would, we were very good friends and I would go to his house and he would have many types of games that I would ne I'd never even encountered or known about because yep. I was just reading Nintendo Power. Like that's all I, you know, mm -hmm. those were the only games in my orbit. And then he would have like, like really cool, like Japanese, you know, anime inspired whatever on Sega CD that had cutscenes. Right, and you're like, like, what is this? You're like, whoa, like, this is this is the future, man. And um, yeah, just uh, it, very interesting stuff. You have to, I'm going to put a link in our little chat here because you have to see this. Um, Rich SPK says, I remember playing games on my dad's home-built Commodore KIM-1. I've never heard of that. Um and he he's referencing a game called Spitting Image, a political fighting game on the Amiga. What? This is a this is Street Fighter, but with like oh Ronald God. Reagan versus, versus uh, like Margaret Thatcher or whatever. Like you're playing as like political. The Pope seems to be in here. Uh, <laughs> Gorbachev. <laughs> fighting uh, nancy reagan i guess uh, this is this is fucking great wow the ayatollah i've never i've never heard of this oh my god this is pretty uh <laughs> problematic i, I think it. in some in some ways well amazing I mean, so, yeah some i mean some um rich says my dad worked at wang labs in the 80s and took me with him 
now and then he'd sit he'd sit me and coworkers at uh, at a terminal and let me play games while he worked. They had Space Invaders, uh, but what was really cool was a text adventure, which was a ripoff of Colossal Cave Adventure, but it was set in the Wang Towers where I was sitting. What? You started the game from the parking lot. I wonder, I mean, I that would be interesting to track that down because that was that some custom text adventure that someone at the company I mean, I assume made? it would have to be. Right, or was or was Wang Towers like a very like a, a notable I don't place know. that was they someone else set a game and they had it that I just think that's funny uh, fat, right. fascinating love that yeah that's really really cool you were that's a Zork really fan cool. right yeah big yeah. Zork fan yeah I didn't play a ton of text adventures but I was always fascinated by them and thought like this could do anything that mm-hmm. you, you, your video game, your graphical games can only do so much, but text can go anywhere, you know? Right. No, totally. And I mean, like I was a child, so like I didn't get far, you know, like I really do remember really, really well. <laughs> like, so I don't remember what Zork game it was, but like, it's like, it starts and it's like, you're in a field at this, like, Mm-hmm. you know, intersection of, of paths. You can go north, south, east, or west. And like, you know, I'm like nine. And so like, <laughs> I'm trying to like figure this out. And like, I remember just like getting really frustrated being like, okay, you know, go, go west or whatever. And it's like, this thing is here. And you're like, okay, try this. Okay, try this. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, you can't do that. You can't do that. You right. can't do that. And I was just like, ah, like, <laughs> like, just really frustrated because I'm a child and like, I just don't have that much, like, you know, like I just don't have that, that much like uh, critical thinking. Yeah. Or I, patience so I, or yeah. It would be kind of fun. I think to go back and like play Zork like today and just see like, how did I like, what if, could I get through that today? Could I figure it out as an adult? So I almost am like, can i play zork in a browser (laughs) i mean you definitely can i'm sure uh the answer i presume is absolutely fucking not like as an impatient adult who is busy and has no time for bullshit um getting oh yeah i found it this is it this is totally it and it's like yeah you can just play it in a in a window on a okay i'm totally going to do this today when i don't feel like working do that and then report back because it would be interesting of like oh this is so lame and easy and rudimentary or like oh my god it's the most frustrating thing i think it's gonna be very frustrating because i remember playing playing mist in those days and thinking to myself man mist is like an illustrated yes you know basically a zork with pictures correct because you know like of course you can see what you're doing but like it was still so obtuse in that so obtuse. same way mm-hmm. and i think that really stuck with me and it had like a weird attraction to it even though another part of me was like why no <laughs> i ve- i remember f- feeling not left out but like taking notice of like whoa this is the um, this is the pinnacle of graphical video games. Like this video game looks so amazing. The graphics are amazing for, for Mist and Riven and stuff. Wow! And mm-hmm. then like encountering it and playing it, I'm like, I do not like this. Do go away, get away! From, I don't. I, and and it was kind of like, fuck this good this really pretty game that everyone loves. 
I don't like it. Go yeah. get away from me. Cause yep. it's just like walk here and get stuck for hours and bang your head against a puzzle that makes no sense. Like what? Well, fuck that. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a, some of the stuff we did, I think was like amazing, like compared to, you know, cause it was what we had. Yeah. Right. And sure. it was like, yeah, like it just, yeah. Anyway. All right. Why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we will talk about the games that we rented from Blockbuster mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. were super fucking weird right after this. back thank you all for your uh contributions to this lovely discussion we've learned a ton already and i'm excited to learn more because um you sent me your list of games and (laughs) there's a couple that i am vaguely familiar with and some that are like nope i have no idea what you're talking about so uh lay lay them on me here please or maybe we'll alternate you give me one i'll give you one Yeah, yeah yeah i like that i was just about to say so, okay, I, I have a little catalog in my head of, like, of all these games I played at that time, like, wow, like, like, like this is weird, or like, oh, I really liked this because it was weird, or, you know, all yeah. that. So one that I remembered quite specifically was a game called Tombs and Treasures. Um, mm-hmm. And if I think about it, Tombs and Treasures was probably a direct, much like some of the other games we talked about, was like a reskin, basically, of like a Dragon Warrior. Okay. But it was, um, how, how do I put this, like kind of Tomb Raider themed, like exploration kind uh, of stuff. Okay. So um it had a really interesting cover. I remember, um, as many games did in the 80s, this very 80s kind of vibe. And then it kind of mushed together two separate things. So, like, when you were on the world map and you were walking around, you were able to walk up to all these, like, ruins. And so it'd be like, oh, cool, okay, we're, like, checking out ruins. And then when you go inside the ruins, it would change to kind of this PC-esque. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same interface you used if you played Shadowgate and Deja right. Vu in those days. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. you had, a, like, a brick background, and then you'd have, like, a square on the right that would, like, show you what was happening in front of you. You'd have options on the left to, you know touch or move or attack and then on the bottom you'd have like a little text thing where you could see your character and it would tell you what was going on mm-hmm. i don't remember if i played this before or after Shadowgate, but i loved that format and i didn't know that it originated on the pc at the time mm, so okay. i was like oh so cool like it's you know it's kind of got this thing and i was naturally kind of attracted to this like point and click i guess mm-hmm. kind of you know um, but I didn't know that I was playing a point and click with a controller basically, right. mm-hmm. but I just thought it was cool. Like I'd never played anything like that before. You know, it was like kind of an RPG, but also kind of an action game, also kind of a point and click with a controller. Mm-hmm. Um, I never finished it as a child. I finished very few games. Yeah. Like I don't think, and on top of, you know, being a child also, I had, you know, severe ADHD. So, you know, the ability to not, you know, get frustrated or throw the controller was, you know, very thin. Um, 
I don't even know how long this game was, but I just thought it was cool to go into the different ruins and explore and find stuff. You did find treasures. You did, of course, have enemies to fight and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just like th- th- a this really... looks like turn based combat. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Final Fantasy side, but you're not it's not side by side. It's more like wizardry or. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So this would be another one of those games that I'd be like, I wonder if I replayed it today in a browser, what I think it was as cool as. I did as a kid but I think at the time it was probably that I had never played anything like that like I already had discovered like you know the typical dragon warrior style medieval RPG but Mm -hmm. I thought it was just cool in this setting and until Tomb Raider came around there was really nothing like this in the space right um, yeah. So yeah, it's an have, interesting mashup. It, I don't it's even like, know if I'd call it weird now that I look back at it I'm like was it really weird because I mean Tomb Raider I don't think of Tomb Raider is weird no, I mean, I would say the. I'm mean, looking at it now and getting a sense of it, and the the only corollary that I can see with Tomb Raider is just like the the theme, meaning you are. It's mm. not medieval fantasy. It is seemingly modern looking hu- people, characters going mm-hmm. into ancient ruins to, I guess, find treasure. Um, but the rest of it is is an RPG, is a is a turn based you know, wizardry, like I said, wizardry style moving through corridors in first person. Mm -hmm. But like you said, like Shadowgate with, it's like a very small, not animated. It's like, uh, frame by frame, still forms. Yeah. 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 But I mean, of course, yeah, it it was, it was, I'm looking at an overworld map now and I'm like, okay, so you had like nine areas to explore, including like some small ruins that were by like little, not lakes, but like ponds or something. And then like multiple like large ruins. But yeah, I just, I have fond memories of this. Um, so I don't know if anybody else listening has ever heard of that one, but um, I liked it a lot. I might, I might, I might dig some of these up because I know this conversation is going to make me nostalgic. Totally. So I'm like, ah, maybe I'll like go and like, because I find a lot of the stuff that I loved then unplayable now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wonder if it would be. I would be curious to see if this is even holds your attention, but uh, right. yeah. Yeah right <laughs> it's good it's good looking it's it's really cute so and this is so this is nes this is infocom in 1991 infocom Tombs yeah and oh my god that makes sense because i didn't i don't i didn't even remember who made it but that makes so much sense that <laughs> it amazing. was infocom amazing all right i'm learning i'm learning <laughs> okay, okay your turn all right, I'm going to give you I'm going to we we talked about Battle of Olympus, which was really when this when this uh, conversation uh came to light. That's the mm-hmm. first one I thought of. Um but instead, I'm going to give you uh Marble Madness. Yes. You seem to be what Yes. The fuck. Oh my I god. I definitely played Marble Madness. Click, this sorry. game could be quite challenging as I recall. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. Sorry. Quite b- breaking news. Clicking on a YouTube link inside a Google Doc opens up a little pop-up inside the Google Doc to play your video. Yes, it does. Talk and about would, technology. And I say no. I say ah. uh, no thank you. I would like to go to youtube.com. You're right. like, thank do you not fuck me. <laughs> I, I remember, do not like it. I do not like it. Go, go away. Um... I remember renting this and play. This feels like definitely one that I would play with my mom and sister. Like as kind of like, hey, let's all gather around and play this like weird, wacky game. I'm sure it was very frustrating. But basically, it's like a it's like a marble. It's it's a marble track. It's a, it's a three it's a three D looking isometric uh, grid based track. I'm having trouble mm-hmm. explaining it. 
but it's, you know, curves and columns and and traps and enemies, but you are a marble. And now that I'm looking at it in motion, the key to this game was physics and inertia, meaning you're controlling a marble, but you have weight and gravity and and sort of like, so it's, it's the challenge is like, you have to be very precise uh, and in, intentional with how fast you're going and how precisely you're rolling. Cause you could, vi- if you just move forward, you're going to roll right off the edge and die, you know, on the course. So you're just, you're avoiding obstacles. You're avoid you're, there's conveyor belts, there's enemies, there's like little slime goos that if you get sucked into them, you, they're like little pieces of acid. I'm seeing that there's like fans that will blow you off the track and stuff. And it's just, it's very, the art style is very simple and very colorful, but it's very pretty. Like it's very, it's a good looking game for its time. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think it, I, I, I recall, I'm not seeing it here, but I'm pretty sure it had multiplayer. So you had multiplayer, you know, two marbles at once rolling and crashing into each other. It's like, it's a race. It's okay. An obstacle course. That's the, that's the, uh, that's the term I'm looking for a marble obstacle course and i just have very fond memories of this random game um you know where are the spiritual successors to marble madness we would like to see some yeah no this was really cool and i think another thing i really liked about games from this era and i'm curious if you have any connection to this as well um is that I think because I was my gaming career started out with really simple games, I find myself having an extreme soft spot when game like when I don't have like 87 buttons to remember. Sure. Like sure. with Hades, like Hades to me was like, oh yeah, like I'm doing most of what I'm doing with like four buttons. Yeah. And I really like that. Um I, I don't know. Like I like I do not like fighting games like Street Fighter specifically right, because yeah. yep. I can't remember all those combos. Like my yep. brain doesn't do that. Yep. So uh, yeah. Not to get off track, but where we, I got um, our son um, Minecraft Dungeons for his birthday. Oh, how is it? I've looked at that before. It is kid friendly Diablo, and what I was like. Oh, we'll play this together and it'll be really fun and we're having a blast. And then the kids will go to bed and I'm like, I, I got to play this more <laughs> myself because to your point, just I don't want to get too far off topic, but um, I, I've been playing a, like I've been playing Dredge and I've been playing Terra Nil and these are there's a lot of strategy and thought and quests and whatever. And then there was I woke up the other or, you know, there's the end of the day the other day. I'm like, I just want to fucking kill, man. I want to kill stuff. And I, I actually got a few other different games that I was like, oh, this might be good. And they're not scratching the itch. They're like too specific. They're too hard, whatever. And Minecraft Dungeon is just kill and get stronger in really interesting ways. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, that makes me want to get it because you should get I, it. yeah. Okay. That's all I need to know. All right. Mm-hmm. Let me open Minecraft Dungeon in a tab mm-hmm. here because I don't want it to vanish after this vanish out of my brain after this conversation is it on, you know this is what i wanted to uh, sorry everyone getting way off topic but is minecraft dungeons on steam or is it yeah it is mm-hmm. see i would get it on steam and maybe do maybe steam deck it or pc it because um the switch <laughs> version runs just runs okay single play oh, this is what i'm learning runs just fine single player it is 
a garbage fire when you play multiplayer uh, local local multiplayer because i was like, gonna say it has online co-op and it's cross-platform yes so yes. like this could be played i don't know how many people you can play it with but like i think it's four co-op four uh couch co-op but um i don't know about i don't know how the online works i have not dabbled in that but point being is like when me and the kids get together in a level it's like dum de dum de dum going through a level and then it's then it gr- like grinds to a stuttery like i don't know 15 frames a second or something in certain random areas and i'm like what the heck but then when i play it myself it's great it's fine it's perfect not perfect but it's it's very playable anyway okay i am dropping this into a chat with my husband and one of our mutual friends who were always looking for something for three people to play like uh, I would remotely get in there and I'll join you because uh, Ooh, that would the, be I, great. it's one of those games like Diablo, I think, where it's like, oh, there's mechanics in it that are like if you play online, you can go to different go to harder levels that you couldn't tackle yourself and you can get better rewards. You can power level, et cetera. So I think playing there is incentive to play online co-op with this game, I think. Anyway. Yeah, no, that's really, really cool. And, you know. I'm so glad that the simplicity came up the topic and brought this up because I am always frustrated by the fact that I personally have never connected to Minecraft and the, the, the friend that my husband and I's mutual friend loves Minecraft and he's like got his own server. He's been playing for ages and he wants to play with us and like we talk about it, but we don't actually do it. And I feel like this might appeal to me in a way to actually like make it happen so thank you for mentioning it's, this it literally it's just a skin it's like if you if you're right. a kid and you love minecraft you're like whoa it's another it's a creeper i love those guys but if you don't care about that it literally doesn't matter it's just killing stuff and getting stronger that, that's it's Diablo. that's all it's i literally want Diablo. sometimes Who that's cares? just that, all i want yes it's great and and it's great because you can sort of the loot is is randomishly generated but the way you level up is not increasing your stats it's getting enchantment points which then unlock abilities on the loot so it's kind of like this sword has this much attack and can freeze enemies but this sword is this axe is slightly more powerful but it will make you go fast or whatever and you're basically Every so often you're like, boop, you go into the menu and you're like, do I want this? Do I want that? I'm going to level up this. I'm going to scrap that. I'm going to pay for that. I'm going to buy this. Anyway, I don't want to get off topic, but it's, I'm loving it. I'm loving, loving, loving it. Anyway. Awesome. Okay. Um, Thank you right. for telling me that. Marble Madness is is squared away. Please share your next weird ass blockbuster game. Uh, Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom, which... <laughs> Anybody that was into renting weird NES games <laughs> probably remembers this. You saw this on the shelf. You did. Yeah, you. For, yeah, because like the cover. Okay, so the folks that made, I think it was Sunsoft. The yes. folks that made Hudson Soft. Hudson Soft. So they were the same folks that made Adventure Island. And yep. like, this is another one of those games that I didn't know at the time was a PC game that was adapted. So mm-hmm. it was first on computers in Japan in like I think 83 or 84. Okay. And then it got ported onto the Famicom and then for whatever fucking reason <laughs> someone was like, yeah, Nintendo America, let's let's put let's of all the weird ass things to be like, yeah, let's try this in America. Mm-hmm. This game. 91. Okay? I'm I'm reading. 
Yeah. So for anybody who has no idea, and I'm starting to realize that there's a theme in some of these games, which is that I really liked this system, the point and click. This is like the, the grandfather, I guess, of the point and click generation well i mean i guess it starts with zork but like then this was like the next stage you and are I just a, what you're do, what it. you're telling tell me you're a pc gamer without telling me you're a pc gamer right. like, it's but, funny and, and you're experiencing these it. ports yep right mm-hmm. and didn't know it like that's the funny thing so mm-hmm. you know same thing as the exploratory parts of tombs and treasures you have a still image you have a menu that allows you to move look check talk take use give and then at the bottom you have text that tells you what's going on so I'm just going to read the plot because I, I don't know if I can really do better than just reading what actually <laughs> happened. Taking the role of Sir Cucumber, a knight, the player is assigned by King Broccoli, now deceased, <laughs> to defeat the evil Minister Pumpkin who has kidnapped Princess Tomato. Early on, Su- Sir Cucumber gains a sidekick, Percy the Baby Persimmon, who offers advice and helps throughout the quest and also always refers to Sir Cucumber as boss. Like, okay, that's a thing that just happened on... Someone wrote that down and said, yeah, this is good. This is beautiful. Yeah, so incredibly strange. So strange. <laughs> didn't didn't get far. Same thing. Sa- right. Same thing really with a lot of these games that I played. And Couldn't get far because I was probably well. like seven or eight years old and that they were too. hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another game that I remember fondly, because even as a seven or eight year old, I was like, okay, this is weird. (laughs) Like, so weird. Um, I think that Hudson Soft eventually maybe went out of business. I could be wrong about that. That's a good question. Yeah, we'll we'll take a peek at that. What's the core loop of this game? Is this literally just a text adventure? Because I'm seeing... Uh It's a text adventure with still pictures. Is there combat? Is there leveling? Is there RPG mechanics? No, it's just... just, because no. I'm looking at like it's it's like you said still pictures and then there's a bunch of menus on the side that's like yeah give talk praise buy hit it's a, it, check. it is it is Zork yeah but it's about vegetables <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute Hudson Soft also made Bomberman but then bom- mm. but then Bomberman games still exist but I don't think Hudson Soft exists anymore. Founders uh, okay. defunct in 2012. Oh, merge with Konami. Re- okay. Yeah, yeah Konami like, owns the assets, so then they right. can put out the Bomberman games now. Fuck, you're right. You are right. I didn't know that, though. Like, I had as to look a, it up. As a Bomberman like, fanatic, I was like, I never did oh. not remember that they were Hudson Soft. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, they, they, they sucked them up. Like, Kirby sucks up an enemy and gets their... It's their powers. I and wish uh, Bomberman was. I know they're coming out with new games. They just announced Bo- Super Bomberman R two, and we played a little bit of the online one, and like it, it's good. But I don't know. I wish Bomberman would sort of like reinvent itself or go back to its roots in a in an innovative way. Because like, sure, they're doing three D graphics, but it's a two D board, and it just looks bad. It just looks lame, and I don't know. I. I I wish Bomberman was good, was cool and good. Right. Make Bomberman great again. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) That's my platform. Ah, I love it. That's excellent. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) Your turn. Let me me give you another one here. Um, I got it. I got it. I have so many, but I'm going to give you Legacy of the Wizard. 
Okay, this one I'm remembering the name. So I guess I'm okay. going to have to type Pull that, that in. Up and tell me if you have experience with this because this is one that I adored and I had Rotor emulated bunt. within recent memory and I'm like, yeah, I want to I want to play this game. I want to go back through. Okay, I remember the cover. I, I think I probably rented this, mm-hmm. but I don't remember it super well. So, so, oh, yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at screenshots. You, right, right. I played this. You know this, right? So, but what happened in it? I don't remember anything that happened in it. So, you are a family of wizards, I guess, or, or you know, here a family of heroes with different skills. It's a mom. It's a dad. It's a – maybe it's a grandfather. It's two kids, whatever. And each – uh, character has different abilities. Some of them can jump higher. Some of them can move objects. They have different weapons, whatever. And you start out in, in your house and then you choose the family member you want. And then you go down into the world. You go down into like the dungeon world. And it's, I think this is a very innovative game because you're using different character skills and, and items that you acquire to make progress in a, metroid style dungeon meaning you go down into the dungeon and you're fighting enemies but you get to a place where you're like man i can't get past this or i can't jump over this or i can't move this block so then i have to go so i have to remember where that area is then you have to go back up to the home get a different character go all the way back down and then like move the block or overcome the obstacle to progress and then you encounter another challenge where you're like oh the 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 mom would be the character to defeat this area so you go back up and you and it's about sort of slowly unpacking the world so that your characters can get i guess all the way down to the boss or the treasure or whatever it is that you're doing and it's fucking brutally hard. Like this is going to be one that's like emulating with save states is is going to be your, is all your you could do. Yeah. Huh. But fascinating. But, and so it's it's like you know it's um, the Final Fantasy is, is definitely not the right analogy, but I'm going to say like multiple characters meets Zelda, but mostly Metroid. Interesting uh, kind of a thing. And I'm saying Zelda because there's tons of items like crystal ball and a power glove and like things you acquire keys and locked doors uh, that you acquire along the way that then allow you to progress and, and unlock the, the path for other characters. Hmm. And I, and I do have vivid memories of being like, well, you unlocked this and made this progress and got this item, but then you got to a point and I'm like, as a kid being like, I have no fucking clue what to do here. I brought every character down. I've tried every weapon. I've tried every item. I don't know how to progress. And then time's up, return return to Blockbuster. Man. But I remember Man. loving it. So you didn't finish it? Definitely not. Okay. Not a so chance. was it also like typical for you as a kid that you didn't finish games? Oh, for sure. No, yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't can't remember aside from squaresoft rpgs that i played from top to bottom until credits rolled i don't and and of course like super mario world and all you know all the 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 classic platformers like Mm -hmm. i do not have specific memories of like yeah 
beat it. Yeah, I would love to talk to people who are like, yeah, I played these games and beat them. Like, I have very few that I finished. I do have a, I do have a couple, but like, mostly, I don't think my brain was just parsing that stuff in the day. No. Like, I remember I couldn't finish Zelda two. I really wanted yeah. to, but I couldn't. I Did couldn't you own beat. it, or or was it a rental for you? It was lent to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember by a, a family. There was a family that my mom was friends with and they were quite well off and they had all the nintendo games like literally (laughs) like they had like these little trays that were just like made for nintendo games and i remember they had like (laughs) three or four of them and as like a you know very lower middle class kid i was just in awe of that but they would sometimes lend us a whole tray um they really liked my mom that's and really me, fun. i guess but that's yeah awesome. so i would get to like sort through this whole tray and my grandmother would get to save her five dollars for a few weeks um <laughs> but uh but yeah that's that that was my memory of so anyway i couldn't finish it and i remember yep. um we had a family friend who helped me finish uh, and beat the end of Zelda two, which felt like, like, I remember we literally jumped up, up and down and screamed yeah. when we finished it. Like that's how much fun it was. So great. Yeah. Memory. Cause that's that, that, if I recall, it was a brutal challenge. Yeah. It was quite hard. Like you had to fight like, and I mean, look it, the game's been out for decades, so I'm just going to spoil it. Um, <laughs> you have to fight link has to fight like a shadow version yes, of himself at the end. Right. And it's quite limber and it jumps around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh my God, like, <laughs> Like this is quite hard. So yeah, I wasn't I wasn't able to do that back in the I day. I really liked Zelda too. I, I just in I in too. the Pantheon, I, it is seems to be somewhat maligned as like not not right. People a are like, good oh, Zelda it's, it's, not it's not a Zelda. But to me, it Zelda. was yeah, because I loved it. You know, I was okay with. I liked the idea that they were. They didn't. I liked as much as I love Zelda one. I was totally okay with the fact that it Zelda two wasn't Zelda one with different dungeons. Like yeah. I was like, no, this is really cool. Like they they changed it, they innovated in a lot of ways. Anyway, that's another conversation. That's another conversation like, altogether. So my next list item is hilariously another point and click adventure. <laughs> wow, you got three in a row here. Uh, I know. Um, deja vu. This so, one I was aware of, uh, and I'm gonna pull it up here too because I like yes. looking at it while you talk. So I got really obsessed in this era with what I once again did not know was mm-hmm. a series of point and click games. Um, the publisher at the time, well, they were made by Kemco Seika. I later, later found yeah. out that Deja Vu, Shadowgate and Uninvited were all made by the same folks. And I loved all three games mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, all three games look exactly the same, just as we've been talking about before. You have a little window for a picture, and you have your you know things you can do on the right. There's just something about this formula that really got me. Like I don't hmm. know what it was, but Deja Vu is like a hard boiled detective adventure. Like you know, the cover is like a guy in like your typical like fedora and <laughs> like you know trench coat, and you have to solve you know, a mystery and, you know, uh, you know, you come up against, you know, all these, all these things in the situations you're the character you play has lost his memory. (laughs) So you have that typical trope going on, Mm -hmm. but I just thought this was so fascinating. Like I was just like, Oh, this is so cool. 
it's not like anything I've played before. And I didn't make the connection that like, oh, actually it's like Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom. <laughs> and it's like Shadow. Well, this might've been, no, wait, Shadowgate was the first game I played. And the reason why I chose this instead of Shadowgate's talk about was that my obsession with Shadowgate is so deep that I didn't want to go off for like 20 minutes on one game. Well, and also um, Shadowgate is, I don't know, I wouldn't call it mainstream, mainstream, but it is a, it is in the pantheon mm-hmm. of like, you know, very influential games. Whereas we're, we're kind of focusing on weird, quirky stuff here, I guess. Right. Exactly. Like, I don't think it's as weird. I don't know. They're all kind of weird, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, you know, you had stuff like, oh, my God, your way is blocked by an alligator or like, <laughs> oh, my God, you're in a bathroom stall and like there's a key behind the toilet, like just like stuff like that. And you had to navigate your way around. But it was another one of those games that I was like fascinated with the setting um, and just kind of the way that it all played out i also found out that there was a sequel which i never played called deja vu 2 lost in las vegas (laughs) it never came out on nes they only put the one game out on nes but you could play the sequel on like commodore amiga um mac um apparently it was on the game boy color but i never had one so i didn't know Mm -hmm. um but I almost feel like I should go back and dig up like like there was a Beyond Shadowgate too I think hmm, to- mm-hmm. on the Turbo Graphics, huh. but a totally different style of game, like nothing like the the point and click style, you know. Um, and I think something kind of weirdly something kind of loses me when I'm like, wait, no, I just want right. to look at the pictures and yeah. click. <laughs> <laughs> So it's pretty funny. <clears throat> I'm watching it. It's yeah, it's interesting. It had cool music too. Me. And actually, okay. as I think about it, a lot of these games, I really liked the music. That was another yep. thing I wanted to mention. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Um, how much time do you have? When, when do you have to get uh, get out of here? I have a meeting at ten. Okay, so let's let's keep going. Uh, okay. All right. How about <laughs> how about this game called Narc for the NES. Okay, I remember this game. I I think I don't know if I rented it or hold on. Once again, I have to look at the cover. Narc long play. Okay, yes. Yeah, so uh, I th- don't know if I rented this game. I saw it. I remember there were games on the shelf that I'd be like less or more interested in. And like some of them, like I would not rent until like later down the line. But right. wasn't Narc kind of famous for like there was a scene where like you had like a boss fight with like a giant head that was wearing a fedora? I kind of remember oh, that. I don't know. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Google Google Narc NES and you'll actually see that because when I saw okay. that, I think I saw that in a, in a gaming magazine, and maybe that's what I remember. But there's some scene where you have to fight Mister Big International, that- and he's. Just like a giant sound... head with three chins. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that. Okay. All right. I'm. I'm looking at. I'm looking at gameplay because uh, this. This game is so fucked up and stupid and problematic in hindsight. It. You know. You. You play as. You play as a narc. You play as a cop. I guess. <laughs> but like you're like a souped up cop with machine guns, and your mission is to drive up into the level and then kill or arrest i guess drug dealers 
Like this is such a gross like war. <laughs> it's literally a war on drugs. I don't know propaganda something or other. But you you literally oh my god I'm looking at it now. It's actually quite. You know, it's pixel NES graphics, so it's not like gory, but it's like disturbing to think back on it. Love, like, right? Some drugs of the are stuff. bad, kids. So right. kill all drug dealers and literally use rocket launchers <laughs> to blow them up, and their body parts fly everywhere. But it's interesting because you can kind of okay, you can shoot everyone and and blow them up, or you if you get close enough to them, you can bust. You can like walk up next to them. And not and try not to get hurt by them, and then you but you bust them, and they go to jail. And there's, I guess, there's some incentive where you get money or something for arresting them versus uh, killing them. But it's, I, it's just this idea that, like, hey, how do we stop crime by just bringing an AK-47 and shooting everyone? You know, it's right. it's actually real. I don't know. It's really disturbing. But it's just a dumb fucking. <laughs> it's contra but instead of shooting aliens and robots you're shooting people uh, drug drug dealers i guess is the is the idea right it's right. crazy but I, I i don't remember like loving it but i remember being like i remember oh, yeah, it you can shoot you can shoot everything in this game this is great you know what i mean <laughs> Narc. i love it Narc. oh my god yeah i'm watching footage of it too and mm-hmm. then you can like you go into like i guess drug labs and there's a bunch of like big colorful beakers that you can blow up and stuff and yeah wow yes the uh another thing that has not necessarily come up in the conversation till now is just things that that flew in this time period that you're like oh oh no yeah (laughs) that does not fly now but but it flew at the time like i'm not i'm i look i'm fine with violent games i'm not i have no problem with that but it's it's just the propaganda of of this the the the, the theme of this is ridiculous yeah no that's just great um and actually perhaps this one maybe borders on weird but i think there was something about this game that I'm about to message a uh, message that I'm about to mention that mm-hmm. like, I don't know how to explain it any better <laughs> than I somehow knew there was something about this game that was maybe a little more adult than like what I was supposed <laughs> to be touching. Mm-hmm. I had the same right. feeling when I played Golga 13, which is not on this list because I don't okay. think Golga 13 is weird. I think it's great. <laughs> but so this game that I really, really loved um, was called Casino Kid. There were two mm-hmm. gambling games. And although I've never really been a person who was like, like a big, like interested in gambling, something mm-hmm. about these games like interested me. Mm-hmm. So uh, Casino Kid, think top down exploration a la dragon warrior but instead of overworld or castles or whatever you explored a casino (laughs) so what you had to do in the casino was a couple different things so like you know you got there and and another thing about a lot of these games is that you know i was too young to know they were coming from japan but a lot of like the stylings of these games have got a very like anime vibe to them yeah totally Um, So like, you know, the game itself, you know, top down, you know, you know what that looks like. But 
but then when you would get into the, you, so what you would have to do is you'd walk around the casino, you'd talk to people, and then eventually you'd figure out that there were blackjack tables or poker tables, and you'd have to you'd have to fight people hmm. with cards. Okay. So, you know, you might go to one guy and it'd be like, and and you get this really cool little anim, you know, these kind of eight bit animations of people you have to you have to compete with, mm-hmm. um, and then you know you you'd play blackjack with them. And hmm. so, you know, you'd either win or lose. And then if you won, you would be like, okay, cool. And it would open up a new table. But okay. in order to get to the next table or, or, or eat, you know, of course, every person you played got a little harder. Um, so like, you know, you might need to walk around and have some rando, you know, like a girl in a bunny costume be like, oh yeah, like, I don't know. I can't think of, of a name, you know, (laughs) purple hair man over, you know, in the West corner, he, um, I don't know, like he'll play three cards in a row or he'll do this thing. And you're like, okay. And then when you would find that out, that would give you the appropriate ammo to kind of know what to do. Okay. Wait. So question, do you recall, when you find this information, is it on you, the player, to remember it and then exploit that weakness? Oh, yeah. Or are you getting cards or power-ups that do it in the game? No, totally okay. not. So, like, you know, you're still playing blackjack, right? Mm-hmm. So you still kind of have to – it's not really about – you know, you're, there are going to be times where you lose, and, of course, you're betting money. So there will be times when you lose, but then there will be times when – you know, the odds are in your favor. And maybe that's when the particular, you know, gambler will be like, oh, I'm going to do this. And someone told you, oh, they're going to do this. And you like, okay. And you can use that to your advantage. And then yeah, maybe you cool. can beat them. It's yeah. Pretty, and then you beat them. It's a casino them. RPG, man. With, with like knowledge mechanics. Like, yeah. It was is, very, very this. simple, but, but really cool. There was a sequel. I never played the sequel. Mm-hmm. I do not think... I, either I was playing less games at that time because I went through that teenage like I want to go out all the time and I played less games or like maybe the rental places didn't have it hmm. but the the sequel at a glance looks like it's kind of the same type of thing but the world map instead of being one casino is like the globe and you get to like <laughs> cho- choose to go places different countries and you choose you get to play different games too but I never played that one but I played this game so much that I could literally sit here and sing the entire overworld theme to you. Amazing. Like I, I loved this game and I mean, I can't say it wasn't weird because there was just nothing. I'd never, it was another case of never played anything like it. Weird, but, but also in a way, not weird. It's a really good setting and mechanical setting for what is essentially an RPG card battler. Like you're, I, you're not, you're yep. not building a deck. Obviously, you're, you're just playing blackjack or whatever you're playing. Yeah. Is it only blackjack? Is that the? Um, old, is that the? I or is there multiple remember. different games? Okay. I, I honestly don't remember, but I can say there was another game that was even more stylish because it had a little bit more in the way of graphics, and it was called Vegas Dream. And I didn't put it on this list, but it was another one of my favorites. I didn't play it as much as I played Casino Kid, but all of the the graphics have this like beautiful like '90s anime style, like mm-hmm. the you know all of the characters you meet, and it's kind of a similar thing. You know, you're 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 playing people. But what I liked about this game 
was that things would randomly happen to you. And sometimes okay. it was going to, it would be like, okay, I need to make this decision. So like, let's say you're, you're at a table and you're playing a game. There were m- multiple games in Vegas dream. And then like a sexy woman might approach you <laughs> and be like, or like a woman might spill a drink on you and then be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, like I can send your jacket to the cleaners. May I take it? Mm. And you could say yes or no. And like, maybe you'd give it to her and maybe she'd return it. But then maybe you'd play the game the next day and you'd meet her again at a different table and she might do the same thing. And that day you'd give it to her and she would steal your jacket. And then you would remember that your wallet was in the inside pocket. Right. Right. Okay. And that was all very random. So you weren't ever sure. So it kind of felt like you were like, it felt like they were real stakes aside from just the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, you could be, you could be played for a fool really easily, or, you know, you might meet somebody that's really nice to you or gives you, you know, a cool secret or whatever. And I thought all of this was also very cool. Mm-hmm. RPGs so with my uh, casino did- game RPGs. The casino game RPGs that I, they I don't do really wonder, exist now. I was going to, that's what I'm wondering of like, are there spiritual successors? I don't know. I think Yakuza has parts where you can go into like the pachinko bars and stuff, mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. it definitely is nothing like this. Yeah. It, like we have like the, we have golf story, the golf stories right. of the world and such where it's like, it's a, it's a JRPG style game, but set in golf or sports i was like right yeah i i bet there's more there's games maybe like this there out are there. and we just don't know about them i yeah. don't know yeah this is great i i've never heard of it never seen it yeah amazing i know love it um all right let's do t- two more right i'll i'll give you one more yeah. and then you give me one more yeah yeah i don't know if this is so um well, I guess. Well, I had two here, but I, I, did you, like I feel like Clay Fighter was a big deal in its it time. It was, right? and I don't. I I think I. This is another chance of or case of not chance of. I knew of it, but I didn't. I don't think I played it. I I'll I'll touch on it briefly, just because like I don't know. I felt like claymation was the coolest thing. There was mm. no greater art form mm-hmm. than claymation it, it in the 90s like it was just like how so cool or stop motion in general like how could anyone do this it's just so cool it's so amazing it's so tactile it's so um i don't know the texture of it and then that some you know this this company made a a street fighter a a fighting game but with i guess you know clay ma- stop motion animated or rotoscoped or whatever fighters made out of clay and they were so creative and and colorful and innovative and so instead of like you know zangief we you know with uh you know whatever power moves it was like a blob a blob of green clay who could morph into anything or like an elvis guy who could uh whip his hair his pompadour at you or you know what else we got here you know a, a wacky clown uh you've got like a like a string cheese looking dude who can you know do crazy stuff mm-hmm. I, it's just it's just cool a big snowman um yeah we played the fuck out of street fighter 2 uh as kids like yeah. just non-stop sleepovers whatever and so when this came along it was just such a 
it was like a it was like we wanted to do more of that but it was like a palate cleanser for for street fighter it was new characters with a new vibe and i don't know not much more to say i just think it's uh it's pretty cool and i'd like to see more of that yeah no that's that's that was definitely i remember thinking that game doesn't look like anything else right yeah i'm looking at it now and it it's the 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 animation is not as fluid as i remember it in my mind but it's mm-hmm. still pretty great mm-hmm. it's still really impressive i no, think no definitely i think it's really i still think it's really pretty yep well i had a couple more games on my list but if i'm going to cut it down to one more quite honestly i absolutely have to cut it down to maniac mansion which yep. was one of the most delightfully weird games i have ever played and to this day i still feel like i've I've still never really played anything like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like those games were just, and I feel like, so for me, right? Like I remember Maniac Mansion was one of those ones I just like glommed onto, but like Day of the Tentacle and like, um, gosh, whichever ones were the, what other, what were the other like big Lucasfilm titles? Yeah. Um, um Thrill Throttle. Like, right. I don't think I ever quite, connected as strongly to any of them as i mm-hmm. did to maniac mansion i thought mm-hmm. they were good and i really enjoyed the sense of humor but i think the one that i was able to put a lot of time into was maniac mansion which is just like maniac mansion kind of feels like an 80s movie to me <laughs> like yeah. it's just so delightfully strange and you know it's it's kind of based on like horror and b-movie cliches which yeah. is probably why i liked it mm-hmm. so much um and you know it's a point and click game so obviously you can see from my selection that i really had an affinity for a point and click literally all of them styles right like this is literally point i mean i'm looking at it again i I mean we're we're all familiar with this but i I don't remember playing it necessarily i'm looking at it and you're literally moving a mouse cursor with the d-pad on nes oh yeah you're pointing and clicking for sure yeah at this point you were absolutely this is where point and click was going to you know it it evolved right from you pressing the buttons in earlier games i mentioned to okay now you're you know just clicking and then eventually you would just click to do Mm -hmm. everything you know and you wouldn't the menu wouldn't be as big of a piece um but in you know this game you you actually got to instead of looking at still pictures you actually got to see things move Mm -hmm. um the best way I can describe the crazy story that is Maniac Mansion <laughs> um, is probably that, like, um, there's a group of you. Um, you get to choose from six characters in the beginning of the game to go and explore this weird mansion. Um, and, of course, all of them... All of them, there's different puzzles throughout the mansion that are only solvable by certain characters. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, some of them can play musical instruments. Some of them can repair appliances, like, stuff like that. Um, I do have a really strong memory of a scene where you can put a hamster in a microwave and you can blow it up. (laughs) Which I'm pretty sure, like, if adults knew that that was in the game at the time, they would have, like, not been happy. But, of course, this was a different era. Like, like meet people creators putting subversive things into kids media will never not be fascinating to me right so the when i think about the the true plot of the people that lived in the mansion all i can think about is like 
60s B movies. So there yeah. was a mad scientist, Dr. Fred, mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. wife, Nurse Edna, and then they had a son called Weird Ed. They lived with two <laughs> large disembodied tentacles, which you later learn more about in Day of the Tentacle. Okay. Oh, these are connect these are in the same universe mm-hmm. then. Shared. I, uh... Yes. And then the intro sequence basically shows that like a meteor crashed into the mansion like 20 years or near the mansion 20 years earlier and it disembodied it brainwashed the family and directed Dr. Fred the the scientist to obtain human brains to use in experiments so that's nice. some shit i was playing when i was 11 great <laughs> um so yeah there were a lot of like Like if a character, this was really interesting too. If a character died, you didn't get a chance to like resurrect them or whatever. All you could do is send in another one of the characters that you didn't choose at the beginning. Oh, okay. okay. And the game would end if all the characters were were, were killed. Yeah. Okay. Fascinating game. Great writing. This would be a game that would be so cool to see remade, but I just don't know if it ever would be remade. Yeah, that's interesting. Right. Does it, should it be remade or should it just be sort of preserved and, and, or re-released in its original form or, Right. Because it's like, you've seen Lucasfilm do a couple of, you know, like they cleaned up and they did a re-release version of Grim Fandango, I think. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I don't know about, I think Monkey Island's had some updates, but yeah, I don't know if they, I don't know if this is just too weird or what, but I, Mm -hmm. I just loved this game so much. Um, and yeah i loved it so anyway that's that's um oh and one other fun thing about it one other cool tidbit maniac mansion introduced scum the scripting language that kind of like how they wrote their later stuff so you know when people talk about scum saving and stuff like that Uh this was the game that kicked off that bit of history interesting yeah okay great that's a great bit of trivia um Yeah, I remember really vividly this game being around and being rentable and being in magazines. I don't know why. I just never got to it. And and I I don't know what it was about. I guess, I don't know. I'm speculating, but I feel like my... I I was always searching for epic medieval fantasy or sci-fi space adventures. And so the idea of this being set in like, you know, a modern world right. was, was not interesting to me. Right, I was right. playing point and click on PC, but always King's Quest, Quest for Glory, Space Quest, mm-hmm. uh, all the Sierra stuff. Um, so I, I have a hunch that I, that, I, that I saw the game and it was like, nah, even though... I probably would have loved it. Wow. So cool. Um, I yeah, wonder, so do you, have you replayed my... it? Have you replayed it in No, and I would life? honestly love to. I would be interested to hear if, if you're like, nostalgia, cute, or like, no, this holds up. It's great. Yeah, I feel like it might because it's just so unusual. Yeah. Um, but maybe. I don't know. I do know that after this entire conversation, I think this is a good time to like pull up some of the like browser based ways to replay some of these games just to Mm -hmm. mess with them. Yeah. So I think I am probably going to be doing that after this podcast. is Very good. All right. We shall tarry no further. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you, if if this conversation brought up some memories, uh, please share them uh, with us by email or in the discord uh, or on the social medias. You can always get at us with links in the show notes of every episode. 
uh, for now, we're going to get out of here. But uh, final thoughts, Colette? I really don't want to work. I just want to play Maniac Mansion. <laughs> I don't want to work. Just want to play video games all day. <laughs> yes, I am a human, and that's what I wish I was doing. But hey, that's that's okay. That's okay. Best of luck to you on this workday, and uh, we will talk at you uh, in one week's time. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye.